So, Doc, I've been working on the intro for this. I put a lot of thought into it, and I want you to hang on because this could get kind of long-winded. All right? Okay. Casual racism. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this week on Nothing Good. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a hell of an intro. It was long winded. I'm sorry. That man, that was like I was falling asleep. Actually, <laughs> it's fitting though. Welcome, dude. Good to see you. Yeah, it's oh, it's good to be seen. And it's how, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm having a great time doing this show, dude. Mm, yes, yes, yes. It has been a journey so it far, but been. it's been a good one. And I've been thoroughly enjoying this experience. You know, this has been, it's been a great thing. And we starting here on this f- review of the film, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from, <laughs> excuse me, 1990. Uh, this is our third trip around the horn. This is, if you haven't paid attention by now, dear, singular, sweet, sexy, succulent Peruvian listener, <laughs> the face doc just yeah. gave me. <laughs> he was not ready for the word succulent. <laughs> Listen, there are some words you just don't fucking say. <laughs> no, better yet, there are some words you can say. You can say any word you really want, but there are some words you don't say when somebody has a, a headphones. <laughs> they can hear what you're saying like you're whispering in their goddamn ear. And you saying succulent, friend. <laughs> it's not one of those words you I want to hear you say. S- you just said succulent the way I say <laughs> Fuck you. You want to suck you. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't noticed, listeners, we have a bit of a routine, and uh, eventually we'll break it, but we like to go uh, film, then pro wrestling, yep. then video games, and then music. A little music. Uh, we'll eventually break that, and we'll probably shatter it to pieces and forget we ever had that rhythm. But as for right now, we're sticking to it. And we're back on movies. And it's kind of becoming a quick reflecting point for me, Doc. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done this a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're just our third cycle of topics. And I, first of all, I'm going to be the very rare serious about not the subject for well, a second. So that'd be good. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's checked us out so far. Yeah, for sure. The response has been way better than I expected. When when uh, Noah and I <clears throat> first started, we were just talking about it, actually. In theory. It was all hypothetical. Yeah. When we were just talking about it, I, I sent him uh, more than once. You know, I, I, Honestly, if we get like 10, 10 listens, I will genuinely be happy and very proud of that. Yeah. Uh, we are well into over 100. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time this episode makes air, could be more. And uh, so... For having very low to no expectations. Listen, this was just a perfectly excuse to force our wives to let us hang out more. Yeah. And it's worked. And then, So far, so good. So, it just so happens some people, you, happen to like to listen to us babble. And we are grateful for yeah. that. We appreciate you more than you know. And I promise to keep telling you to go fuck yourself as much as I possibly can. But with the utmost amount of love, I want you to know that I will maintain eye contact the entire time. Even through the finish. Especially through the finish. And you know what? It'll be succulent. 
Not okay, it. man. It. <laughs> literally not okay. It's a fucking oh. weird ass word to say. So, so I want I want to give you a nice, really specific statistic because um, I, a hidden gem that I like is sometimes I uh, like to do random math. Okay, I didn't All know right. that about you. So you have said that at the time of listening, we are at over a hundred downloads which is not a flex at all it's pathetic compared to the well, even the most m- mediocre podcast but it's big to us because we didn't think anyone would want to listen i didn't think it, it would just be he and i listening to ourselves <laughs> yeah. uh, talk back and we're barely able to do that as it is so thank you but instead of focusing on the amount of people that have listened to the show i have a statistic here about how many people uh, on the earth the percentage of people on the earth um. that still haven't heard this podcast <laughs> okay like this okay the podcast has still yet been unhurt by the remaining 99.9999998% of all humans alive on the planet today. When you put it that way... When you look at it, that number is actually slightly larger than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it makes me think that uh, 100 is a much smaller, uh, is a lot bigger chunk of the population in statistics terms than you think, but... You know what? I'm going to work diligently to get that eight down to a seven. I think that's possible. I think we're going to go for it. It might take a long time. We're going to get that eight down to that seven. God damn it. But we um, can probably pull that off. And so that's a, that's my weird, nerdy statistic. Uh, so uh, to the point, <clears throat> the 0. 0.000001, 4985665884, Five eight three seven of the human existence that has listened to the podcast. I say this. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Yes. Sincerely. To the other ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent. Fuck you. <laughs> but come on in. Yeah, come on in. Take, take a seat. Take a seat. The, the water's fine. check it out. Well, good. We so ha- we with, have snacks. With that out of the way, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about teenage mutant. Ninja Turtles. As is most things we have on the show, it's a snapshot of a wonderful or nostalgic part of our lives. Oh my god, yeah. Um, so I'm going to start this off with, you know, first memories of Ninja Turtles. I'm, I am I had to just kind of pump the brakes because, Doc, yeah. we need to cue the listener. We have very few routines in this show. Oh, the drink. And we need to tell the listener what we're drinking. What are we drinking today, Doc? Well, what is this? It is the Firestone Propagator. Uh, I've been accused of being a propagator, and that's why I'm not allowed within 500 yards <laughs> of certain areas. Um, that's a joke. That's a joke. It's a thousand. Keep going. But it, uh, it's Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Uh, it has hints of passion fruit, grapefruit, and pineapple, which that sounds pretty good. Well, let's crack yeah. it. Let's see. I love awkward audio content. Our listener, I know Ooh. you do. Yeah, it smells fruity. It, it smells like beer. So I'm, pu- I'm putting the, putting the can up to my lips, and now I'm going to drink it. That's good. Yeah, is it good? Yeah. You sure? There's no. <laughs> there's a word I would. Use. <laughs> there's a word I would use to describe it. It's out there. It could be tasty, but delicate. One could even say... 
<laughs> you okay, man? Yeah, I'd over there. Succulent. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. The good news is the good news is the more you fucking brutalize that word. <laughs> It'll be less meaningful. It'll it'll desensitize me to it. Thank God. <laughs> be desensitized like youth in the nineties yeah. to a video game. But I will tell you that this beer. Um, let me try one more time because I I think I already have. And this is gonna sound like an insult to the beer, but I swear it's not. Hold on. Okay. <sighs> so, the aftertaste is where I get the fruit hints. Pineapple on the aftertaste. For yeah, sure. and. In a weird, like watered down way, but not a bad way. Like, like if you, I don't know, took like squeeze some pineapple juice into a little bit of water, like more water than yeah. pineapple juice, and drink that. That's kind of that hint that it's I'm. It's like getting. the Lacroix of aftertaste. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like someone shouted a name from a fruit of a fruit from the other room, and you're like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that. Yeah. It's good though. It's subtle. Yeah, I it's like good. It. All right, way to go, Firestone Walker. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible indie gimmick name. Oh, did you, did you hear? Did you hear Evan Bourne? Oh, terrible finishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you hear Evan Bourne was on the Indies and he got hurt? Yeah, he took a took a, a botched Firestone walk. One hundred percent sounds like one. Yeah, seems from the like, top rope. Seems like Elix Skipper would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Elix Skipper. I don't know why Drink my brain. You, man. I don't know why my brain pulled that name out of here, but, but it fits. We love you, Elix. Good. Have a good one. That's the most you've said Elix in one fucking sentence. Never ever. again. I will I will you know what? I should replace the word succulent with Elix. <laughs> Every time you could do a that. little bit harder. But we're on to our subject for today, Doc. Yes. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Eight years old. This movie came out. Five. Oh my god. <laughs> a little one. Yeah. Um so okay. Let's step back a little bit then and say what was your first uh, interaction with Ninja Turtles in general? So that's a great, great question. And I think, um, so, you're getting into the hazy being a young kid for me and not remembering a lot of my ins and outs of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember pro wrestling. I remember some of my first memories are of pro wrestling. And I remember pro wrestling throughout that whole era. Right. I know that when I was a teeny, teeny person, there were two things that were big for me. It was pro wrestling and He-Man. Mm-hmm. And then right around the time... That He-Man was out on this way out, which I, uh, from what I understand, uh, was brief. Uh, Ghostbusters mm. was after that, and yeah. I remember Ghostbusters a lot. But at some point, Ghostbusters was out, and Ninja Turtles was in. Ninja Turtles, and I don't have in. this clear moment of remembering that, like, like of standing there and Ninja Turtles came on, and I was basked in a warm light and. <laughs> There it is, and that was the moment that ever changed my life. But I just distinctly remember when I was really little, uh, one birthday or one gift-giving occasion, Christmas or something, I got Ghostbusters toys. And then for the next one, I got Ninja Turtles toys. So the change must have happened between that transition. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, my strongest memories of Ninja Turtles as a kid are two things. One... Uh, the action figures, yeah, right, oh, yeah. and the, the, the weapons. He had the snap out of the whole yes. thing. That always cut my they were hands. All, they were all kid. brown. Yeah, they were all like very generic. Um, and two is uh, the intro to the TV show. Yes, but yeah, it was the it wasn't the early intro to the TV show because I remember there was like the not the Thunderdome, but whatever. 
the big giant thing was oh, was goodness. in the intro. Uh, the, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the Terra Terra Dome could have been Terra Dome, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, because Krang. Krang. Krang was in that. That was his. That was his base. So Krang. Dimension X. Yes, in Dimension X. That's I remember that intro that featured that mm. the most. So for me, yeah. So you know, I my earliest memory of Ninja Turtles predates the movie. Obviously, because I was ten, mm-hmm. and Ninja Turtles have been around for a while before that. Much like you, uh, well, actually, my my very very earliest memories are, are of the cartoon because mm-hmm. the cartoon came out like eighty seven, eighty eight, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, uh, and it was like coincided with the action figures. Yeah. Around the same exact time. So they, the were, they were figures, pumping that stuff out yeah, at that I think time. the action figures was like a year after the cartoon or a year before. It was one of the two. I can't remember. I honestly don't remember which one came first, but I feel confident the cartoon came first. Yeah. Um, but I remember, you know, I'm sure a lot of kids did this, but I, when I would get a new action figure, I would always like keep the back of the, the box. The card. I would always keep yeah. the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. like you could like look at like all the action figures you don't have yet and... And they'd have like the little bio of the character on the back and things like that. Information. I, would, I literally would collect them. I did that for my Ninja Turtle action figures. I did that for my Marvel action figures. I did that for years, actually. Uh, right around when I stopped getting action figures, when I stopped hey. doing that. But my earliest real memories of Ninja Turtles, I'm pretty confident, is just the cartoon and just like you, the intro. Uh, I just remember. That music, and I remember just being so into the idea, because every little, not every little kid, but lots of little kids wanted to be ninjas. They wanted to be, you know, karate masters. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah. There were a lot of martial arts everywhere. Karate kid. um, Every superhero, uh, everyday Joe that becomes the guy to save America somehow knew martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he could beat even the most practiced people. Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dude. Heather Heights, you know, Jackie Chan, Chuck Norris. I even had a Chuck Norris action figure. That's awesome. I think all action figures are Chuck Norris. Uh, <laughs> he's just gracious enough to let other people <laughs> pretend they're not. One day we're going to de- dive deep into the world of uh, Chuck Norris jokes, but oh man, not yes. to that this day. Yeah. Today is not the day, or whatever the Lord of the Rings quote is. Someone's gonna kill me for that, but but um, but yeah. you know, I, the cartoon was like the first, and then led into the action figures, and I had so many. Matter of fact, fuck that noise. Oh, actually, I'm pretty sure my earliest memory of Ninja Turtles. Now that I'm really thinking about it. Yeah, I it 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 goes in order of the cartoon, the Nintendo game. And the action figures. Interesting. Because I, Interesting. when I was little, if your Nintendo came out in the United States, like what eighty five, I think. Yeah, literally eighty five. We didn't get. I did not get Nintendo in eighty five because I was like fucking, you know, a little a small child not playing yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. And my parents were not going to buy that for me. But, Fun fact: the NES system is just almost exactly two months older than I am. That's wild. Yeah. Right. That's real wild. Yeah. It came out in March eighty five, and I was born in May eighty five. Wow. Right. Uh. Well, so I got Nintendo. Uh, probably, and I couldn't tell you what year, what Christmas it was. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember which one it was, but it was probably like around, because I was still very young, but I want to say I was like at least in like the school age at this point. Like, like kindergarten. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. Kindergarten, 
maybe maybe like first grade somewhere in there but i got it for christmas and my parents bought me nintendo and like a bag full of nintendo games one of which was ninja turtles nice and that started my love affair for gaming actually wasn't duck hunt wasn't even Mario. It wasn't Super Mario Brothers, because although I liked it, it wasn't my yeah, champ. No. Ninja fucking Turtles. Ninja Turtles was incredibly killer. Because I knew the cartoon, and now I have a video game. And, and that game was fucking you, difficult. But, and it was <laughs> ridiculous. We've talked about this actually before yeah. on the show, that the Turtles was just a reskin of the original Battletoads in, mm, from that's Japan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, that's my first rule. And then it leads into the movie, and the movie was like a big, such a big deal for Huge. me. Huge. Um, um, yeah. No, I and segueing into that, I have a question to ask you. Uh, two parts. I'm gonna put my notes down for a second because this is this is an important two questions about you personally. The first is, do you feel that perhaps the Ninja Turtles cartoon influenced your attitude towards pizza? Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. I feel like in a lot of ways, Turtles was just designed to sell pizza to our generation. <laughs> Very well, could have been, and it absolutely worked. Because I'm, I'm up. I'm not 100% sure, because I am not a Ninja Turtles uh, expert. Not a mark. You think I would be, but I'm not. Uh, but I'm a pretty confident that the pizza thing was a cartoon thing, yeah. not the comic thing. Yeah. And I think that somewhere in some dark office, you know, all the heads of like Domino's and Pizza Hut sat around with the creators of Ninja Turtles and the producers and said, you know... Let's put pizza on the on the list let's of sell, things. Let's, let's sell, sell pizza them to, the to the kids. Let's make them fat. <laughs> let's sell them pizza till they die. But um, I'm some sinister British man. Like, it's nice of you to join me here today. Yeah, I've got a plan. We're gonna sell pizza to the little fat American kids. But I mean, like, dude, I have a indelible image in my mind of Michelangelo pulling that slice up and the cheese is just so enormous and it stretches. Mm-hmm. I think my brain has always wanted a pizza that does that. And but I still I've never found, found one. That does but it. I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, so the, yeah, turtles. It, it it's forever shaped your need for pizza. It's a mm-hmm. need for pizza. Yeah. I thank them for that. Oh yeah, for sure because pizza is amazing. Yes. And I know our generation is the first to feel as strongly about pizza as a staple in cuisine because of that, I think. I think our generation and the generations after introduced pizza to the point where now pizza's like, uh, my daughter reflects it the same way that I do because I, my my parents are like, oh, okay, pizza, whatever. It was just, it was like like a, like a bucket of chicken or cheeseburgers to them. But for us, it's like, pizza! pizza. <laughs> exactly. It was a big deal. It was huge. Because Michelangelo loved pizza. You love pizza. You're you a love Ninja Michelangelo. Too. You're a Ninja Turtle. Eat the pizza. Yeah. Tell your dad to take you to Pizza Hut. I was such ingrained, like Ninja Turtle was such a big deal for me. My, one of my, oh boy, I had to have been like seven years old, seven or eight. Uh, I, my, I only had one real big birthday party growing up. Yeah. I just my family weren't really like that. That's not our thing. But I did have one surprise birthday party one time. It was like first grade, I'd say first or second grade mm-hmm. maximum. I came home from school and there was a whole like Ninja Turtle thing theme set up in my dining room, like balloons, the cake. Uh, that's the, cool. The as hell. Dude, that's awesome. And I still, still to this day, locked in a little lockbox where I keep all like the little like special childhood treasures and teenage treasures I have. I have a deflated balloon from that party still in the bag i mean the bag's been open but the balloon's still in perfect condition and it's still printed on the balloon is the ninja like a ninja turtle and the logo still to this day and the i think the price tag is peeling and it's like faded but the price tag's still on it on the bag and i'm pretty sure they got it from 
I think they got it from Ames, actually. They're Ames for, for the Hills. Birmingham. Hills. They got it from Hills. Oh, Hills was the time. Yes. That's like, I will never lose that. No. That is like such a cool thing to own. My my wife is also a big Ninja Turtles person. She yep. she absolutely loves it. You, I'm gonna turn away from the microphone, but over in my sorry in my cube organ, organizer there, I have my 80s nostalgia. It's the third from the right, third from the bottom. Okay, right there, and you'll you'll notice the Ecto one on its side there, uh-huh. uh huh, and behind it is a collectible mirror that my wife got as part of the Ninja Turtles, some sort of box set or trading in box tops to get it that's cool uh so remember she, tra- trading in box tops yeah, to trading in box things. tops and speaking that's my segue there because my wife is huge um did you forget the vhs deal at pizza hut where they give you the episodes of the tv show on the vhs uh, i the episode i own uh is the one where i don't know what enemy who it did but it was like a, it was snowing in a museum that's the only thing I remember about. I, Interesting. It was. It was. I. I have a tape from that. I do too. It's. I. I. No. I cannot remember what's on the episode. Oh, and it was a double episode. It was like two episodes yep. on one yep. tape, and the other episode was where uh, it was like a not a clone of the Ninja Turtles, but it was like a like a like a like a hologram of them. They were fighting or something like that. I, I don't remember much, but I remember that. I don't remember the actual episode content, but I remember one of the episode name was April's Fools or April's Fool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them, right? Yeah. yeah. That 100%. was one of the episodes. And I remember looking at getting that tape, and I watched that thing. A million times. A million times with my pe- after having pizza, pizza every day. <laughs> and it's the two episodes, and you watch it ad nauseum. The turtles were fucking cool, dude. And I think that's one of the first mediums that, like, because he, he matches the universe cartoonish shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie, uh, one would feel the way they feel about it. If you want to know how we feel about that, go back and watch. Go Back in the archives, you can yeah. check out Masters of the check, Universe check. Part 1 and 2. Check the um, back catalog on, on that episode. You'll get a good laugh. In Ghostbusters, the movies are great. Not the world's most super kid-friendly things. No. But the TV series, the real Ghostbusters, was shit when you look, watch it back. It's yeah. Great. Yeah, you, great at the time, but when I watched, try to watch it back somewhat recently, oh, yeah, the real Ghostbusters. And I, I couldn't get through an episode because it was just so bad. But the Turtles TV show still, still holds up. It's still good. So it's the first real like young kid property that wasn't wrestling that I can say, you know what? That's still badass. Mm-hmm. That and DuckTales, which we'll get well, into another that's time. That's another time. That's a whole other thing. But then the other question I have to ask you before we get into the film is it's a two-parter, but I want you to tell me. When you were a kid, mm-hmm. who was your favorite turtle? Raphael. In, are they, is he still your favorite yep. turtle today? He's okay. never changed. Okay. That's good. It's I love Raphael. I love all of them. Uh, I'm the same way. Raphael? No. Oh. Michelangelo. Well, you're a party dude. I fancy myself to be funny. And <laughs> I, think that, I think when you when you break down parts about your life and how you take approach life, you can relate all the way back to what turtle yep. you equate yourself a to. A little bit. Yeah. A and little like, bit. Okay, or do you get, when the situation gets going, are you serious? Do you get a little angry? Are you studious? Do you try to take charge of everything? Yep. And are you are you a goofball? Michelangelo was the I my favorite figure is because it was the most Michelangelo Michelangelo doll that I had was when Michelangelo all the turtles they had the Hawaiian shirts and, yeah. and, and shorts yeah and the, the Michelangelo and the Hawaiian shirts and shorts my dad made the mistake of taking me to see Weekend at Birdies oh right around the same time that the Turtles movie okay. came out and that doll was out and I'm like oh he's like the funny guy from Weekend at Birdies. They're the same. And I think my brain said, oh, I'll be the funny, weird, long hair guy from Weekend at Birdies. <laughs> and it checks out. And it's still to this day. Checks out. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew McCarthy. I'll drink for him. Yeah. Cheers, Andrew Cheers. McCarthy. But that brings us to the movie. To the actual movie. Um, so what did you think of the movie? 
Now, now, hold on. Now, full disclosure, uh, listeners. <clears throat> now, when I went, we uh, were bashing, bash the beach at the beach. Recording our last episode on location, or one of our previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, in live from beachside. So, uh, two of us and our families sat back and watched uh, this movie. We got uh, there was a, a hurricane Ida mm-hmm. in 2021 that kind of tore through the eastern seaboard. We were not in any real danger, but it was raining enough. There was a gale watch. There was a gale watch. We were just far out into the ocean. I have to watch for a gale. So it was interesting. And I'm not talking about some loud lady who goes to a knitting <laughs> store. Like, serving us mashed potatoes. Oh, God. Gale's out there again. <laughs> you know me. Uh, but we decided to stay in and watch a movie. And uh, the movie we picked, after much deliberation. Oh, my God. So much. We spent too much time trying to pick a movie. We yeah. sat on Turtles. Yeah. And it was a thing. It was an experience. Yeah. So having watched the now, I have not watched that movie. I'm sure I've watched it within the last 15, 20 years at least once, just in passing. I, I feel like I, mean, I, I have. I feel like I had to have, yeah. but if you had a magic portal to tell me that I hadn't seen that movie in at least 25 years, I would believe you. Mm. Just because I remember it, and it's because you're a kid. You remember so much about the movie. Because you watched it probably 5,000 times. Yes, as a kid, but you haven't seen it enough to, to where, without reference to the film... You aren't, you're just grabbing at straws. But as the movie goes on, you're like, yep, I remember that. Yep, I remember that. I remember the odd ambiance of this scene. Yeah. I, I 100%, and you can attest to this, once the movie started, I knew every line of dialogue for the he first started, He just started minutes. whipping it out for the first 10 it, minutes. I was not whipping it And then he out. also started saying lines. <laughs> it was a weird family vacation. It was so weird. It was very strange. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's weird. As soon as the music starts to play, it's like, I know all the lines. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. And it, because... I've watched that movie. I wish, I wish I had a ma- a number, a magic counter. To how tell you. many times I watched just that one film? Because yeah. I know for a fact we're in double digits. Easy, easy. I've watched that movie. Oh no doubt. Um, but you know what? As opposed to Masters of the Universe, which was never a great film to begin with, Ninja Turtles. On just. On the surface level. Surface level, which is an important term here. Yeah. On the surface, like just, you know, the special effects, the practical effects, you know, it holds up amazingly. Uh, yeah, surprising. And the problems that you have with it on a technical surface level as a film uh, are unavoidable, yeah. right? They, the, really, the technology for the time was great and what they were doing with it. It's just in order to hide, just speaking for outside from a filmmaking standpoint, mm-hmm. in order to hide the corniness of some of the stuff they were doing... The movie goes with a really... I don't know if it was directly to do this, but it has a really gritty, dark look mm-hmm. to it. I love it. And that does great to add to the odd man to the movie, as well as it does, nothing has to look bright and hokey because everything's dark and gritty and I know in a movie in which the protagonists live underground and come out only at night, of course it would be. However, when you're doing that, you're kind of shooting a movie on the fly in the dark uh, a lot, and you're and so, so you wish maybe in the advent of modern lighting in movies, you could have really kind of lit it but still kept it dark and gritty, yeah. right? And I think the animatronic syncing between the mouth and the voiceovers could have been tighter. Could have been. But I mean, but I'm going to stop you there and say, listen, there are a couple movies here and there that had animatronics that were really, really good. But on the technical level of what they accomplished with this movie, it had never really been done before. No, the four main characters are animatronic characters. At least our, our animatronic mouths. Yeah. While they're flipping, kicking. Yeah. And then and then you have the puppeteers, you have the people they have the people in the suit emoting properly, timing everything right, 
doing their flips, doing their kicks, turning to turn to the camera, while then the puppeteers are controlling the mouths the and mouth. eyes and making sure everything is lining up properly. Jim Henson's creature was a creature shop. Yeah, like they, they, Jim Henson uh, was the mastermind behind all that. Yeah, God bless that man's. Heart. Oh man, dude, we'll do a whole tribute to um, Jim. And a fun fact about that: after the fact, he he looked at this as one of his crowning achievements. Yeah. Um, because on a technical level, again, this was a really big deal. Did not like the movie because of the level of violence in it. He he was not pleased with the, the level of violence. Well, I mean, first of all, that speaks to the, the, I mean, Jim Henson gave us the rainbow connection. I know. Right? Yeah. And so that does not surprise me. <laughs> but then again, too, Jim, did you not fucking read the script about which you <laughs> They're called Ninja Turtles. Yes. Ninja. Yeah. Do, do ninjas just like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Why are there so many? Ninjas about rainbows, and uh, like yeah, that's that. What would you think? That's As, a crossover we need. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Get. We gotta call our cousin from the swamp, and then and, and Kermit shows up. And now in my head, in my head canon, he doesn't show up on the bus with the rest of the Muppets. Uh, he shows up. He goes. It's a real dark Bayou take on Kermit. <laughs> oh my god. Like true detective out there in the in the Bayou. You don't hunt Gator. Gator be hunting you. <laughs> you go into the swamp, you don't come back. Fozzie did not come back. Oh, my God. <laughs> I get weird. That's dark. But regardless, yeah. Jim Henson, that's so sweet, though, that like you don't really think about when you think about the Ninja Turtles. What do you think of pizza? Uh, that Domino's line? Um, a bunch of other stuff. But you don't know, think, like, oh, shit, that's a, this is a Jim Henson yeah. They're They're, kind of, they're effectively too. Muppets. Yeah. Which is badass. It is badass. It's so bad. Kick ass kicking Muppets. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, if, so from a technical standpoint, the movie holds up better than you think it would. Like, way better than you think it would. Uh, whatever meeting they had to go with that dark and gritty tone, it was a wise, wise decision. Uh, because it helps with that technical thing. It sets a different tone. Mm-hmm. Because what are your other movies? And I think this is another important thing is... Uh, mainstream comic book licensed property style stuff like that you had superman mm-hmm. which was all bright yeah and shiny uh and you had he-man which was super bright and kind of you know, it is what it was yeah you know a lot of nipples and thongs <laughs> there's there a lot of there's just and a lot of shittiest ribs i'm still upset about someone <laughs> chewing on whatever the was hell it, that was, was. It rick's ripid rick's ribs and chicken yeah ricky's ribs and chicken there we go courtney cox yeah uh and then you go into, but I think a lot of that tone has a lot to be think with Batman, with Michael mm. Keaton. Yes. That took a tone. Tim Burton was a genius. He was. When it came to that. And you had, but I mean, to show that you can have a movie that takes place largely at night mm-hmm. and show very little, but if you do it effectively, it will absolutely work. And I think that's where uh, that you see that influence on Turtles. Um, but yeah, so tactically standpoint, uh, there's a lot of moments that are just. Uh, you know, that really kind of stand out as just classic nostalgia to me. The still to this day, and I remember being a little kid. Uh, I want to say Batman. Speaking of Batman, was the first yeah. film I ever saw in the theaters. That like I was uh, old enough that and that it was something that I was interested in. But my dad was like, "Oh, well, yeah, we'll go see this." I yeah. Um, I remember that. I remember seeing that movie in the theater, and I remember seeing the sound, uh, listening to the soundtrack. One of my parents had the Prince <laughs> soundtrack. 
I bet uh, it was your mom. No, my dad's a huge Prince guy. Is he? Like adores Prince. Um, it's He's like got it's, taste. It's kind of standard in my family. You have to. Uh, it's uh, like if you know, like a lot of Catholics have prayer candles. <laughs> if we did, it would be Prince and David Bowie. <laughs> like you'd have to show your respect when you walk in. You'd like, yeah. lead it like an offering before them. <laughs> uh, you know, you leave someone's innocence you took before them, <laughs> and it could sustain them in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but the, I remember the I remember that that because I remember holding that vinyl in my hands when you were a little kid. That record seems like it's like fifteen mm-hmm. feet large. Yeah, it's just the black with the with the bat thing in there. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. holding that. God, what a time! Um, so when I was I remember seeing the movie in the theater, and it's great. Like we sat and watched the movie, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm waiting for the scene because I knew it was coming. Because as a kid, it was such a big deal to hear Raphael within the first four minutes of the movie say, "Damn." Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He swore. He swore. <laughs> he said a bad word. That's probably yeah. why I like Raphael so much. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't give a shit. Raphael was the first edgelord. He was like 14 <laughs> years old. Like, damn. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. so let's just ask a question here. If the turtles were all teenagers today, Raphael would live at a hot topic. I think we're going to say that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you don't know how I feel. Okay. Because I want to say they were all 15 years old, but Leonardo was 16. Something in that. He thing. was the oldest. And I it mean, was, yeah. It was like, well, that doesn't make any fucking He's sense. He's the first one to crawl into the use. But he was supposed to be 16 years old. You're like, once again, evolution rewarding the first moron, not the best we're, moron. We're going way back now, because I remember I owned... Fuck, I was so into Turtles. Oh, yeah, dude. I owned the fuck. I totally forgot about this until just this very moment. Oh, man, we unlocked... We unlocked uh, Isn't uh, weird how the we, brain works? We unlocked suppressed memories oh, from God. Herb Jones. I owned, Get it. I owned... Uh, there was two different books that I had. One was the movie ver- the book version of the movie. Every little movie kid had... novelization, yeah. Every kid had yep. a couple of those Like a scholastic. Around. God yep. damn it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but I also With had... With them peeking out of the... Yep. But I also had... And I don't... It, this one's a little fuzzier, but I know for a fact because I would read it all the time. I would look at it all the time. It was this Ninja Turtles book that was like about the movie, but it wasn't really it was like about a bio the companion movie. guide. It was something, like, but it was it was a thick book. Yeah, and I remember it had like stills from the movie. It had like uh, concept art from the movie. Uh, it had like all the different bios with different, and I think that's where like I got all the information because it like expanded on the turtles. Like Leo's sixteen years old. Like I think that's where I got that information from. You having a moment? Yeah. You I... just unlocked something in my my <laughs> sense memory. <laughs> I did have the book. I've, I've seen the book, but it, and this happened a lot in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I want you to try to remember this. But I had yeah the turtles sticker book. Oh fuck! Do yeah. you remember the fucking fuck sticker yeah. book, dude? That fuck was yeah. so killer. When you're like, oh, you're looking for the number. You know, I got a, tw- I got a thirty-three, and it's mm-hmm. the turtles. Yeah, and you're putting sequences together. Mm-hmm. I remember, and then the backs of the t- stickers had the information in it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot all that. You just that. blew my fucking mind. And I can remember like the foil kind of a feel of the stickers. Mm-hmm. I got goosebumps right now talking about it. You know what? God damn it. We should have ordered Pizza Hut. <laughs> we this podcast should have been fucking sponsored by Pizza Hut. <laughs> and we said, how much cheese can you legally put on that pizza? <laughs> I want to pull it out of there and I want it to go for days. <laughs> for days. I want my 401k to mature before I get that piece of pizza to unsnap from that fucking pie. Oh man, that's taking me back. But we yeah. should um we should talk about the film. <laughs> yeah, well we are. <laughs> we are. But I mean, like, like, because uh, I th- should we step to the plot of the film? You think just a little bit here um, and there. I mean, okay. Basic premise. So I mean, yeah. So the movie's about the foot, 
And the movie's about the turtles. It is. And, it, and the movie starts with, you know, April getting attacked. The turtles save her. Random hoodlums attack our ace yeah, reporter, yeah, April O'Neil. Yeah, yeah. It was... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and she's she's saved in the darkness by what we know are the turtles. But all she finds is a sigh. Which is a weird sentence. It is weird. It's not as weird as succulent Peru. But... Succulent Peru. Oh my God, that's a, that'd be a great band name. That to be that should be on a shirt somewhere. You know succulent what? Maybe Peru. one day we'll put a succulent Peru T-shirt out. <laughs> I want a hat that says succulent Peru on and hats. Oh succulent my. Peru on tour now. Open it for. Feels like. Hey, did you go see Coldplay? Yeah, succulent Peru open for. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was good. Second with Peru open for him. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So so eh, they save it. And Raphael leaves his side behind. Yeah, yeah. And he, of course, immediately he starts the movie pissed off about it. Damn. Uh, so we meet the turtles. They're cool. They're 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 kids. They're fucking children. Yeah, grown they're, ass. They're children. Yeah, they're grown ass men. They're grown ass. Kids. They're like ripped. Yeah, they are. Mu- they are muscular. I could have a fantasy in my life. <laughs> Uh, like asleep about what body I could have if I was like six <laughs> three and on steroids, I still wouldn't look that good in my <laughs> fantasy. Even my rip. fantasy be like, that's taking it too far, dude. That's, <laughs> They're children. That's Come taking on. a couple of back. Um, we meet Splinter. Which fun fact about Splinter, which I didn't know, which I, and this was from uh, was it? I want to say it was Eastman who said this in an interview that the name Splinter came out. They came up with the name Splinter as a parody of. Daredevil's mentor, Stick. No way. Yeah, that's fucking cool. That is that is a nice little 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 reference to Matt Murdock. Little little yeah. s- little shadow reference there. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. It, I got it's a kick out of that. Tells you that the Stan Lee Jack Kirby influence is just basically everywhere. If Every you, even in the Ninja Turtles. Yes, if you if you ever saw a series of panels in your eyes uh, in your life, you chances are you don't know, but you've been touched by Stan and Jack. Mm-hmm. That's super cool, though. Splinter, since Splinter is our very first knowledge of, because he's supposed to be from Japan, I'm letting it slide. But it's our first touch of casual racism alert in the movie of a definitely not an Asian person doing an Asian voice. Yeah. Now, on a scale of uh, slightly, as as acceptable as unacceptable could be, and then uh, that's on one end. On the other end is uh, the Viceroy from episode <laughs> one, Phantom Menace. At least every three episodes, he will bring up this because it's, it's that important. It's it's, it's brutal. Uh, if that's a ten and the other one's a one, I'd put Splinter at like a three or four. Okay, yeah, it, that's, it is that's definitely fair. enough to notice. But because it's Splinter and they're not going too far over the top with it, like yeah. we'll see later in the goddamn movie. It's a rat from Asia. So. Uh, it's an Asian rat. Uh, and we'll let it be. So it's a three on the casual racism, uh, the Asian indifference scale, which yeah. we call that. Hopefully that's not a t-shirt. But yeah, but he's and he, but he's he's cool. You yeah. immediately get the idea like here's a giant rat, but uh, and he I'm not grossed out by him, but goddamn that puppet was fucking wet. <laughs> yeah, and all the like, time. Here he's you a are, rat. Here you are in a movie that where most of his scenes take place and everything around him is super dark if not pitch black and just like it's the kind of shot where one single light is on him and he's still they're getting all the glistening he's spots he's glistening it's like fucking wet his eye is wet his nose is wet his hair looks wet it's like Jesus Christ well he's someone a- tell off this animal he's a rat 
Yeah. And the sewer. But he's also got clothes and speaks English. Raggedy Bro- clothes. Broken English. You know who doesn't have clothes? No. Ninja Turtles. They're fucking naked. No, they are naked, aren't they? <laughs> They're butt-ass naked. What? We know what they have on, though? Masks, and knee a, pads, and a elbow belt. pads, and a belt. Yep. Live with that. You know what? I'm just realizing something. They aren't, I, they aren't wearing underwear? No! They're they butt they're, naked. They're, 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 uh, don't adults have the like a like a like a like a no thing? Uh, I, I no. Yeah. No. Do they? Do, I believe they do. No, they don't. I gotta. We gotta look this up. Let me do the Google machine here because I I feel like that's not fucking true. At you know, all. we're gonna take something. No, they don't. I'm looking at it right, right now. No. Well, that's no. That's the old. That's the newer. Hold on. This is compelling fucking audio. <laughs> Listening to us Google nope. something. Nope. No. Nope. I kid you not. They are butt ass naked. Yeah, but why don't I remember them having? Because uh, you wanted I them turtles. <laughs> action figures. Most of the cartoon characters we watched growing up were butt naked, anyhow. So. And then I'm gonna go ahead and put. Wait. Wait. Nope. They're not. They're all butt naked. Anyway, so here's a bunch of teenage boys. Uh, and uh, let me just go ahead and say this. And there's a weird sub. Casually mentioned subplot where okay. the turtles are obviously slightly lusting after April a little bit. Oh like, yeah, they're 100 yeah, percent into right. Her. Uh, but. They're naked, so their their junk would theoretically be out this whole time. Which, by the way, immediately puts all the characters in this movie on a registry, right? Well, yeah. Um, of course, this is the late. It's just filmed in the late eighties, released in early nineties. So, really, if a teenage boy was having an, an intimate relationship or inappropriate with an adult woman. It was reflected upon differently then yes. than it was now. Well, we've and history's taught us that. We, yes. we have we have grown. We yes. have grown in that thing. But yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I wanted to see Turtle Dong. In well, this movie. think about it. They have they, they like their heads that can go in the shell. You know, maybe uh, maybe it's like a dog thing. It's like maybe, tucked up in there. It's you know what? Let's. I don't want to know what the canon is. This is going for, in a weird direction. For Turtle Dick. I'm not but sure. Let's just go and say that I never noticed that they weren't wearing underwear. So I never noticed that. Maybe, maybe to go back and see if there is turtle pants, we didn't know. Like you balking out as a kid, and really, there's like a me- they're just swinging thick hammer the whole time, and we just blocked it out. You just you just can't see it. But anyway, turtles show up. They're like, "Hey, Splinter!" We kicked the punch butt, and he's like, "You have to learn to be patient." Yeah, I'm not gonna do the voice, but I'm gonna do the rasp. And then, uh, Were you seen in this, you must never lapse, even those. Who would be our allies would not understand. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. That was a really good splinter. Also, I'm going to say it's socially acceptable because you're not doing an Asian voice. I'm, I'm, you're doing I'm splinter. 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 Yes. splinter. I'm not Someone <laughs> else, any flack that you would give that should be directly uh, directed to the makers of this film. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, just, you're just doing a character. But, That's right. Yeah, but Splinter uh, says you got to be, you know, the standard thing. Hey, we're excited. We just because that was that was their first mission. Yeah, they were ever pumped. That was the first one, and it's almost like you can take real advantage. Oh, they've been training, but they haven't really gone out there. Uh, but Splinter's like, "Good job, but don't take yourself too seriously." And then yeah. Raphael immediately continues to take himself too seriously. <laughs> That's what he does. And he's like, "You have to be careful. Don't go out there." And Raphael is like, "I'm leaving," and everyone else is like, <laughs> "Bye." But we're gonna eat pizza. <laughs> And then comes one of the most memorable scenes in the film. Uh, at least not the non-Raphael memorable scene in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they order the pizza. Mm. Yeah. Where, where Michelangelo orders the pizza and he yeah. and Donatello uh, sit there and wait for it. Yeah. So, fun fact about that scene. Please. Uh, the guy who delivers the pizza is Michelangelo. 
In the suit. Yep. Nice. Every, every, every turtle had an opportunity to be on screen. As them something else. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that, the guy who got, who was lost, that was the guy normally in the Michelangelo suit. So that dude grabs a pizza through a sewer grate from himself and then doesn't, <laughs> then, then doesn't tip himself. Yes. That's some fourth wall breaking that is shit. Some shit right there. I like that though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, as a pizza connoisseur that this movie has taught me to be, mm-hmm. I immediately have a problem with the fact that they turn the pizza on its side and drop it down. Let's say damaged pizza. Cheese is going to slide. No, it's it, it's a problem. But they're eating pizza out of a sewer anyway. Yeah, it doesn't really matter now. Yeah, no. There's tetanus everywhere. There's that, it's a whole thing. They're, tr- oh, they're also turtles. <laughs> there are turtles. And there's a whole thing happening there. So so there we go. And then uh, on a, the subtext, uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Raphael yeah. decides to put on the what it has to be. <laughs> The worst disguise ever. <laughs> it's terrible. Motherfucker puts on a trench coat and a hat. Very Humphrey Bogart hat. Yeah. Casablanca outfit. That's why Casey Jones calls him Bogey. Uh-huh. Right out there. And Casey Jones is who we meet. Yeah. Um now I have I have I have two notes mm-hmm. about Casey Jones in this movie. Uh and there the first is when I was a kid, I thought that Casey Jones, Elias Coteas, mm-hmm. in this movie was badass. He was the baddest man on the planet you're like, when you're a little he's kid. He's so cool. Yep. He's normal. He gets to hang out with the Ninja Turtles, but he holds his own and he's edgy and he's funny. And you're in this is 1990. You're like, this guy's so cool. Um, upon reflection here in 2021, <laughs> Casey Jones is like a typical bro. Yeah, he's the prototype 100%. bro. Casey Jones would listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and that van he has, he literally... Lives in it. Lives in his van <laughs> and listens to Joe Rogan if that show happens today. And hey, if you're the kind of person who listens to Joe Rogan, that's your business. You go do your thing. But also, how's your van? <laughs> Does it smell? Tell Eli- Elias Gattias I said, <laughs> what's up? I love you in the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. killer. Um, but yeah, but so I thought about that. Um we may miss the reference. I'm just going to call it out now. So there is uh, a lot of casual racism in this movie. Real quick. Hmm. The scene where Raphael is chasing uh, Casey Jones across yeah. the street and Raphael rolls over the the, the, the taxi. The car. Yeah. The guy in the back seat is the guy who plays Raphael in the suit. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Do you know where where the other two show up in this movie? Do you know where the other where Leonardo and Donatello are? I'm pretty sure I remember. All right, cool. We'll keep this going. Because yeah. if you don't, and I listen to this back... I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Where are the other two? Where are they? I don't have I to remember this. Leo, but I'm having a really hard time remembering Donatello. Oh, wait. No, I remember. Okay. It just clicked. We'll get there. Yep. Um, but uh, so a lot of casual racism in this movie. That's why I started the intro like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a more than I would shockingly even think for the time. Um, Casey Jones gives us our very casual homophobia in the movie, which kind of goes hand in hand with a prototypical bro. What does he say again? I can't remember. It's whenever uh, he doesn't want to do something, and he's. They said, "What are you? Oh, that's Cla- right. What are you? Claustrophobic?" And he's like, "Hey, yeah. I've never even so much as looked at another man." Yeah, which is wow. Yeah, and it is so bro because it is not just homophobic, but it is accusatorily self-deprecating homophobia. Yeah. Where okay, so basically, what we know now, you definitely have looked at another he man. He has. Yeah. You definitely probably squeezed <laughs> one down to some dude and felt terrible about it, and that's why you cut the sleeves off of your shirts and beat up homeless <laughs> men in the dark in the park. 
Casey Jones needs to talk to somebody. Okay, he, he needs problems. to talk to somebody. Mm. Uh, that's so I had a note about my two notes. Yeah. Prototypical bro, Casey Jones is the prototypical bro. Prototypically homophobic, he needs to talk to somebody. If you are a bro, you should probably talk to somebody. There's a reason why you're if a you bro. are in. A, if you listen to Joe Rogan, I'm just gonna go out there. I don't care if I alienate our audience here. Because <laughs> first of all, let's get this out of the way. Fuck you. <laughs> But after that, if you find yourself listening to Joe Rogan, cutting the sleeves off your T-shirt, fantasizing about vigilante activity, and then find yourself casually dismissing maybe feelings about being attracted in yourself, uh, that's not normal. Go see somebody. It's totally okay, okay to be who you are. I just want to say that. No one's going to judge you. Joe Rogan, sleeveless, thoughts of being a vigilante is like 40% of the internet, apparently. <laughs> so I, I still stand by what I'm saying. But if that's you... And you uh, connect on an emotional level as a grown-ass man to Casey Jones, seek some help. There's a lot of resources. You know, honestly, and I'm just going to actually be serious for a while. Okay. Uh, mental health awareness. You can go to psychologytoday.org, and it will point out all kind of mental health avail options available to you, including by insurance provider, whether you have no insurance, and their specialty. So if you are a uh, sleeveless Joe Rogan experiencing vigilante fantasizer, please visit psychologytoday.org. Moving along. Yeah. So, Raphael. Yeah. Uh, you know, fights Casey Jones. <clears throat> yeah. Loses. Loses. Uh, Loses. Yeah. He gets his ass whipped a little bit. Which doesn't make any damn sense if you ask me. But whatever. I mean, uh, I, I think it goes to the... Just trying to take this a little more serious than it deserves for a second. I think Casey Jones is the kind of person who's who prowls this area and is looking and is ready for a fight. And Raphael was just trying to, quote unquote, clear his head... And it's just so always so emotionally more invested than he is prepared to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always his downfall in a lot of stuff, right? Until we get... One day we'll talk about the last Ronin Raphael, right? And we get, mm. in, get into that whole thing. But, excuse me. I'm going to go ahead and skip slightly ahead of the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's, there's stuff you can skip. Yeah. <clears throat> because I want to talk about April O'Neil, uh, who... I didn't think she would hold up uh, as well as she did in this movie. But that actress carries this whole goddamn movie. Yep. Like, absolutely nails it. She's, she's very reactionary and takes everything as it's coming. And she's funny when she's funny, serious when she's funny, relatable when she needs to be relatable. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and absolutely, compared to all the other hokiness in the movie, if you get over the fact that she's fine with four naked, grown-ass turtles staying in her house and lusting she after her lusting after her and she develops like oh you guys kind of relationship if you get that out of the way she's the most reasonable character in the whole movie but my problem isn't with april o'neill my problem is with her fucking boss oh, her boss is a dickhead oh he's first of all he's a terrible boss and a bad dad because let me yeah he's, he's a terrible father he's a terrible boss he absolutely caves into outside pressure and, and, and is personally responsible for dismantling journalistic integrity yep. in this city, right? And then immediately where he's like, I want you to come back, and she starts saying every demand, and he's like, you got it. Yeah. Whatever you want, you got it. She's like, I want the cure for cancer. You got it. I want the blood of your, I want your second board. Kill her. I don't care. Come back to work. But what gets me, and this is what fucking bothers me, and this is the thing I was thinking about the movie for like days after when we watched it. The first time we meet this motherfucker, mm -hmm. She's waking up and she's oh that's right she's looking at the sigh, and or something and she's she's like remembering the the night before and there's a knock on her door, and her boss just barges into her apartment 
with his teenage son. Yes. Like, first of all, fucking boundaries. But why would you go to her apartment in the morning, let yourself in with your kid, and then just start telling her about her life? Mm-hmm. So I have um, two things. First of all, and I, I thought this was weird, but he does it again in the movie. Yeah. He does it later. So this man has no boundary space. Um, so first of all, his uh, the overbearing boss is completely ridiculous. And I made a a line in here. It's my third and final note about the entire concept of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel strange reading it out loud. Okay, this is good. If you told me that April's <laughs> boss was a rapist, I would not be totally shocked by that. <laughs> Fuck. Because that is think about this man just letting himself into a single woman's apartment in new york city and by the way she does not live in a reputable part of town doesn't seem like it no like most of the windows when they sell the exterior of her apartment are, are of that block boarded up that's true and then here's a man that knocks on the door she she doesn't just crack the door he just yeah. she opens the door girl you gotta check yourself okay <laughs> the city is you just got done saying the night before on the news that the city is rampant with crime use your fucking view hole yeah she, she almost she almost got mucked two separate fucking times in this movie by that point by that point and she just opens the door and then her barge boss just barges in you're gonna traumatize this girl you're a terrible person, but if you're like, this isn't the first time I've done. I do that. I do this with all the new reporters, April. No, oh my. It's God. like, oh, see what I mean? Like, that's not. It's one yeah. line further than where he goes. It's like, yeah. Uh, my line about rapist felt weird, but oddly accurate to this guy. And then his kid. No wonder why your kid is a fucking uh, burgeoning criminal. Yeah. Because you're a shitty dad. You just burst teaching him to burst into random women's showing no respect for people. Show no respect, and, and then you threaten their jobs, and then you stomp out like you like they were inconveniencing you. <laughs> like you're the one who barged in. Fuck this guy. I'm yeah. like really upset. Even as a kid, I didn't like. He was a piece of shit. No, yeah, like, and then you, but you're supposed to be, like feel bad for him when his son runs off, and I'm like, no, because I didn't. You, you see all these like questionable youth that are getting raised by the foot, and like the, nobody wants you. Is what Shredder's like, and it's like, you know what? I don't know about these other kids, but Danny, he's better off here. I kind of felt flat that out way. better off with the foot. <laughs> with the foot, he's better with the turtles. Yes, but he's better with the foot. Then his fucking possibly, I'm not saying he's a rapist dad, <laughs> but I'm not going to be surprised if he is. Well said. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I like it when you get on the soapbox. I, I, there it is, you know. Uh, I, I do have an opinion, and one could describe it as Elix. So, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, uh, there's, um. okay, so we get that awkward scene out of the way. Yeah. And we get to, you know, Splinter's been taken. We skipped a lot of shit, but it's fine. We're going to get there. Turtles are fighting the foot. Uh, the, the Splinter's been abducted. Yeah. Yeah. Got, yeah. Because at this point, you know, April's obviously found the, the turtles have found her, or or Raphael, being a badass that he has saved her life again. It does. Yeah. Uh, and and she got knocked. She got bitch slapped. She got knocked the fuck out. She did. She got slapped. Oh man, they full on just. They damn near put talcum powder on his hand and slapped the shit out he of him. He wetted it down beforehand. <laughs> oh, and, wait. That reminds me. Are we at the. I want to say. Is this the, the one who threatened her? Is the. Is. That's the. Te- that's, that's where we get there. I want to say that's maybe Donatello? Where he's in the foot outfit? Yeah. Okay. I want to say that one's Donatello. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Because, as I mentioned, casual racism. This is as high on the scale of casual mm. racism oh, yeah. as yeah. the movie gets. I won't... And listen, if you've listened to all of our episodes, you know that I don't really make have a line about the jokes we're going to make. I'm not going to attempt 
to do the terrible voice that that man did when talking to April. But it is right up there. Maybe one notch below the episode one racist voices. It is so bad. Mm -hmm. It is clearly a white guy, probably named Dylan or Todd, trying to do... Like, though, it is just, it is, there's not another way to say it. It's a racist character. Yep. That he's doing. Uh, and it is, it is brutal. It was, so, it was so bad that when we were like, we didn't, when we were watching the movie together, we didn't react to Splinter. It's only upon, like, okay, Splinter's, it's kind of racial, but there's, it's a whole thing. At least the character yeah. is clearly, it's a rat. Yeah. So how can you say it's not Japanese? Right. It's just maybe you get a better voice actor or whatever. Whenever this guy starts talking, you and I looked at each other in the middle of this movie, like that's some shit. Yeah, uh, and then he keeps going because <laughs> and 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 April's the one yeah. who drops the the late on the Sony payments line. Yes, and then she immediately counters his not so casual racism with super casual racism, which is worse. Mm -hmm. And it's just like oh, oh, yeah. Like, it literally says, like, she, it is yep. brutal. And like, you can't put words to it. Nope. It's a blindside you because you're like, oh, yeah, it's movie nostalgia. Oh, you're quoting lines. You're remembering the soundtrack. Yeah. And, and then, then she drops that. And you go, oh, what? Double racism in a row. Well, look at this. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm not okay with this. You know what? I'm he, not all right. He put talcum powder on his hand and backhanded the shit out of he her. He hit her so hard for that line. Which, again, <laughs> what I'm saying, it's domestic violence right there. That is yeah. blatant. That is just, and I mean, if you're going to, I mean, this just, I'm just call a spade a spade here on this one. If you're going to hit her, at least punch her. Treat her like you're going to treat one of the turtles. That's full <laughs> and drunk and you're in the chest. Run out of the room and run in two feet in the chest and send her into the antiques. Right? Don't just go out of your way oh, to man. just slap her in heart. I mean, so hard knocked worse. her out, knocked her cold. I didn't even have casual misogyny <laughs> in my list, but God damn it, we got to add it. <laughs> I, he comes in, and says, like he goes to slap her, he stops, he walks out and comes in with a fucking mace. <laughs> Not to spray, the fucking swingy thing. <laughs> oh my God. That, that's how you treat, that's how you treat them like an equal. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I find you threatening enough to have to bring medieval weaponry into this situation. I think that's I think that's that's not uh, equality. That's equity. That's bringing that's 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 bringing <laughs> all. <laughs> but yeah, so a uh, fight ensues. We're getting uh, after that. Spinner's captured. Uh, they 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 racism. Then they uh, th uh, misogyny, and then the big fight in April's apartment happens, mm -hmm. which is really. Taking all that shit out of the way. It's an awesome sequence, dude. It's a cool there's fight two scene. different fight scenes happening. Raphael's getting fought and getting annihilated by a bunch of foot soldiers on the roof in this big open space. And he's got a chance to move around, but they're coming at it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Mikey, Leo, and uh, uh, Michelangelo, or Donatello, rather, are fighting the rest of the foot in this really mm. super... What? No. Mm -mm. No? The fight doesn't start until he's knocked through the the roof. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They're looking they for get, him. He gets ganked on the rooftop. Oh, they do. They, 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 they beat yeah. the shit out of oh, him. They beat to him the to point death. where he was going to die. Yeah. They almost um, beat him to death. Which I'm going to break. put a pit in that because I want to I want to go over how they quote unquote heal him. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm Questionable just practices, <laughs> which were nothing. <laughs> they beat they beat Raphael to all to near death. To within an inch and of his they life. Sell it like he's gonna die to the point where they have to bail into town 
out of town and go to a random country farmhouse mm -hmm. where they have to keep guard over him. And what do they do? They fucking have to give in <laughs> a little bit of water in a bathtub. <laughs> like, one arm and leg sticking out, and he's, like, crooked in there. And they're like, you know what? He's good. He'll be fine. Let him, let, let him sit there for a Let's few pour days. pour some water over him from if, time to time so he doesn't dry out. If he smells, <laughs> we've done the wrong thing. <laughs> It's true, though. That's exactly what they did. They did nothing. They did nothing. They put him in water. <laughs> they put him in like water. Like he's on those fucking magic pills. He's just going to get better. I was brutal, dude. Oh, yes. What are they doing? But anyway. Yeah. So the big fight happens. But then the kind of the big fight inside the apartment, which is super cool. When Raphael literally crashes through the roof. Yeah. Uh, and that fight's awesome. You get to see Casey jump. Oh, and then they fall through the the, 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 the floor mm -hmm. to, like, the antique shop. Yeah. Which is another cool fight. Then you get Casey Jones gets involved, you know, and... It, and it was a really, that's probably one of the most, for as a kid, was not my favorite fight scene, but was very memorable. Because it was just really a lot happening. And that's like, like the whole, like, that's the start of the second act. I mean, right that's the biggest fight scene. scene of the whole movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's right in the middle of the movie. Because right before that splitter's gone, and right after that, we get the wet bathtub shit, mm -hmm. and, and we're right in the act three. <laughs> bathtub shit. Uh, so we, they, 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 they bail out, they take Raph, they go to, I guess, where April grew up. Yeah. In the middle of fucking nowhere. In upstate New York. Yeah, it does not look like upstate New York. Like, <laughs> Where the fuck are like the deep south. Yeah. Um, we don't take kindly to turtles right here. <laughs> Green skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I would, this movie, I wouldn't be surprised. If there was a scene where the turtles go to a gas station. <laughs> Come on. They cut out. It's like, you boys ain't from around here, are you? Nah, dude. <laughs> nah, bro. We are. What do you got? Pizza. And then the guy just looks at him and he looks down. Where spits right on the chewing the back on the floor and he's chewing on a piece of straw. I guess that's a no. And that's all. That's that's just enough casual racism in that part of the movie that it would. If I told you that, that scene was 100 Michelangelo in that yeah, scene, of course. Yeah, yeah and it's like, yeah, it's like, how do you like that would fit? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, you know what? Canonically speaking, hey, Herb, did you hear about the casual racist gas station scene in that movie? <laughs> I'll tell you all about it sometime. Okay. It actually happened. So yeah. I actually, as a kid, really, re and I still really liked it as an adult, that whole time period where they were at that house. Oh, that's the character development part. Because yeah. you really get to see how they're dealing with the loss of potential loss of Splinter, the potential loss of their fucking brother, all within like... Two days. Yeah. That's a lot of trauma well, they for kids for kids to deal with yeah. who were raised by TV and a rat in the sewer. Yeah. Great <laughs> so it's, it's not like they've had a lot of experience with, like, you know what? dealing with problems like that, right? They didn't have that, like, the, their great-grandma who passed away when they were seven years old and they learned what a funeral was. No. No. None of this shit's ever happened before. No, you know, here's what I'm going to say, just to kind of add it into this. For some of the people I see online, these were four teenagers that, first of all, through a scientific mishap, evolved way more than they were and were raised by a TV and a rat in a sewer and then had an incident where they thought one of their brothers and their dad was brutally murdered yeah. partially in front of them. Uh, and they turned out okay. What the fuck is your excuse? And I say that knowing that mental health issues are real. Please visit psychologytoday.org. Get the help you need. I love you very much. But also... Fuck you. Keeping going on here. I apologize. No, he doesn't. Um, no, half. Half apologize. I, I apologize 
to anyone that actually gets upset about it. No, I don't. No, I was kidding. Moving <laughs> on. So, um, I really like that that whole, you know, it was like maybe like 10 minutes of the movie. It uh, felt like longer. It does, because it's so slow. The move, the whole rest of the movie moves fast. Yeah. This is the only part of the movie that the just slows yeah. down. You get to see Casey and April be awkward with each other. Um, uh, yeah? You'd, you'd call that awkward? Oh, yeah. I'd say shirtless sleeve Joe Rogan dude is coming on real strong, and she is flat out turning him down. Yeah, until without any real indication, she's just down. She with just it. is down for it. Well, he's the, he's like, hey, you want to fuck? And she's like, ew, no. And she he's like, hey, but how about this? I'm eating this apple real weird. Like, you want to fuck? She's like, no. We got a dying teenager in a bathtub <laughs> upstairs, a dying and nobody's handling this right. And you want you think that apple is gonna do it for me? He's like, yeah. She's like, no. And then randomly on the porch, she's like, hey. She's like, now it's the time. Well, it's been enough yeah. days. Yeah, it's been it's two- eight minutes in the movie. She's come around. <laughs> what a fantastic <clears throat> representation that is. And they'd only known each other for like three days. Yeah, but hey, it was the you know it was the nineties. Why not? I mean. I think, I mean, if she's the kind of girl that sleeps with every guy that comes to the rescue after she is in a fight sequence involving overgrown turtles that crashes through her apartment and an antique shop. I mean, if that ha- every girl that happens to at least two or three times in their lives, of right? Course. And you got to sleep with the shirtless Joe Rogan dude. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's. I think that might actually be in a New York, uh, a Manhattan County bylaw. There's a lot of really cool scenes, like again, where she talks. She's like talking about how each turtle's dealing with it differently. Right, and yeah. I really, as a again, as a kid, with the drawing, really, yeah, she's you know how each one's dealing with it, and I loved how uh, Michelangelo was just training. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that from him, but that's how he's dealing with his trauma. That's how he's dealing with this really, I mean, truly awful experience. Uprooted from his home, maybe gonna lose his his, his brother. He's lost his father. This is this is about as bad as it gets. Yeah, for a teenage kid. Who yeah, happens to be sure. a ninja mutant turtle? <laughs> yeah, he's in the buff the whole movie. That's a belt. <laughs> That's naked with a belt. Anyhow, um, there's actually another really cool scene. Which, when I was a little kid, I think I do remember it now. But like, I couldn't remember when we were watching it if I acknowledged it when I was a kid. When they were training, like the the mm-hmm. you know, I didn't. I noticed that Michelangelo is like he's blindfolded. Yeah. And then, oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, so, well, it's it, here's a character that obviously is one character in a movie that takes himself the least seriously. And here in this situation, he's now taking himself super seriously. Whereas your, Lido, your leader, Leonardo, is just crying in a chair, which is what Raphael would do. So, speaking of that, there's something I wanted to show you. Oh, you said you had a surprise. Before we went on the air, <laughs> Herb's like, I got something for you. I, um, I was originally just going to show it to you on my phone, but I, you need to see it. Like... You need to own it, all right? All right. So, the scene, and I, I feel bad, uh, listeners. This is real. This is what we call nightmare fuel. So, the scene where Raphael wakes up, and Leo's, you know, hey, hey, he wants some food. Hey, yeah, the, you're going to be, he's okay. Yeah, the, you're going to be okay. This, this poor turtle went days without food and water, but hey, why not? Um, he's, I mean, he had water. He was sitting in it the whole time. He was just laying in it. How much of that was his own waste? <laughs> he was just laying in his own shit. Just, yes. I mean, literally, oh. the way he's in, his ass is in the air, so it's all coming back towards his face. <laughs> that's a, brother, that's a way to look at it. Uh, so, 
there's a scene that, that scene where where Donatello comes and he's like, hey, you know, they're okay. And April standing in the doorway. There's a there's a point where the camera catches this. I have never seen this, but with my little bit of research, I came across this still. The way he's blinking at me and then the face he's making, there's got to be something. I'm looking at it. I'm going to send it to you right now. Send it to me right now. And there is a you'll 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 know it when you see it. The camera catches this. And now you do, too. Are you texting it to me? Yep, it's All sent. Right. We are doing a lot of uh, compelling audio segments here. You need to put this picture up on something so people can I, see this. I, when you send it to me, uh, whatever this photo is, before it arrives to me, um, dear, sweet, singular, succulent Peruvian Elix Skipper, I will post it on our social media so you can see this photo once this episode is live. Yeah. I am not getting that text yet. God, this is compelling as shit. We're just gonna and, wait. And, and shout out to Fun Fact Films for I. That's how I threw how oh, I, I found it. It's coming. So, is it there? What do you oh see? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you can't unsee that. There's no way. Is that Donatello? Yeah, and inside his mouth is the actor. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh. It looks like a Furby. <laughs> like there's a Furby inside. No. The, if you go back and you then watch it, you will absolutely see that fucking guy's face inside his mouth. Oh, God. It's, I told you, it's nightmare fuel. You know what? You're welcome. Is this? Is it, did you take this picture? I, to, I literally took a screenshot of it. So this is a screenshot or is this your picture of a screen? My picture of a screen. Okay, well then technically I think we own this photo. I think this would be a fantastic cover for the episode on Spotify. We'll talk about this. Okay. If you have a weird-ass art, if not, if you're just listening to this, check the art. And if it's not this weird thing we're talking about, uh, then then you know what? It'll be on our social media. This is Nightmare Fuel. I wanted to haunt you for the rest of your life with that. You're welcome. Uh, So before we get to the, just wrapping this up, Raphael is okay. Leo is just, god damn it. I'm just gonna ask a question: Is Leonardo like lame as fuck? In this movie, yes. Here's the: This man has two swords. Yes, two yeah, katanas, two badass swords. And in this movie, like, it just—I just get the impression that if there was one Ninja Turtle that was down to be voluntarily cucked, Are you trying not to do a spit take? <laughs> oh, Doc is trying to find a spot in my studio to spit his beer back out. After the suggestion that Leonardo would be voluntarily cut. He's crying. <laughs> okay. Sorry, folks. Listen. Um, I didn't have that shit on my bingo card for the fucking year. All right. So I didn't expect that shit coming my way. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> Lame in this movie. Oh, 
That, uh, yeah, that made me tear up a little bit. It was more than trying not <coughs> to die drinking. I or literally, he said all over this shit my... as I took a sip. That beer ain't going nowhere else. I'm not spitting on this fucking floor, so yeah. <laughs> I kind of much appreciated. <coughs> had to figure that shit out real quick. But uh, we we totally got over the fact that yeah, the head of all the flute is uh, the flute, the foot, <laughs> the, yeah, the flute, the flute soldiers. <laughs> That's fucking From now on, they <laughs> shall be known as the flute soldiers. Oh man. That'd be so good. My, my wife would be even more into the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> she would. She would. Uh, but uh, Splinter uh, is captured by Shredder, which yeah. we haven't talked about. And uh, I think Rukusaki. Yes. Um, despite all the racism and misogyny and homophobia <coughs> that are present excuse in this movie, excuse me as well. Uh, I think they did Shredder badass in this movie. Yeah, I mean. He's a guy in a fucking suit, metal, you know, metal with spikes, with spikes and, and blades. He looked pretty cool. They don't go too hard. He's just a crime lord. What happened? He's just a crime lord here. And then yeah. they find out that uh, he was a, he, he you know, uh, became a murderer out of jealousy. <clears throat> yeah, he, he, oh, goodness. Splinter's owner was named uh, Yoshi. Yeah. His, his, yeah, called him his master, Yoshi. And uh, he, I guess, had some sort of... Orokusaki was his rival in Japan. And it, and we it, don't really know what their rival's with. I, uh, martial arts rivals, I was that what it, yeah. oh, it might have been crime. Yoshi might have been a bad person. He might have been. We, don't we know. have no idea. He keeps a fucking rat as a pet. In a cage hanging above. Yeah. Like, Look how yeah, a human maybe, being does that. Maybe Splinter all this time has Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like, here's a rat that clearly this crime lord is like, it's like, he's like, maybe it's like a kind of his kink. Like, he hangs this rat in this out of this cage and, it, and he starts doing shirtless martial arts taking himself real seriously and, and the then the rat, rat just starts emulates him and he's like oh yeah and then all of a sudden yeah, it's just, yeah. The, the animatronic for the rat looks fucking weird oh dude it's really disconcerting yeah he's like yeah. doing fucking kicks and shit on his hind oh, legs it reminds me of space balls when the thing pops out of the chest and starts doing the hello my baby hello my honey <laughs> can we just talk about how you really said Leonardo was going to voluntarily get cut <laughs> <laughs> I will literally never forget that in the rest of the whole of my life. I stand by what I said. <laughs> I said what I said because it's true, though. It was. Leah's like, <laughs> "Hi, you're awake. You're awake. Would you fuck my wife?" That's <laughs> his fucking brother. Anyhow, okay. Uh, uh, what can I say? <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, Splinter, uh, uh, Shredder kills Splinter's master. Yeah. And then... In a fit of jealousy. In a fit of jealousy over over a lady. And then, for some strange reason, I don't know why the cage opens or doesn't, but the rat attacks Shredder. Shredder doesn't straight fuck up the rat. Cuts his fucking ear off. And yeah, and here's the thing that gets me. Somehow, that rat comes to New York. Well, the rat was already in New York because he left Japan and they moved to New York. And then he was murdered in then New York. Then Orokusaki followed them. Ah. Because he's a psychopath. Yeah. That's Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> who, I mean, who does that? I mean, who, he wears that outfit. Is he's that clearly an unhinged. number one. And I love how... And I get... It's like subtle shit, right? Yeah. Because... <clears throat> so that whole... That origin scene, you know, he's doing the, you know, the kung fu, blah, blah, blah. The rat's doing the weird anim animatronic kicks. And then... Oh goodness! What what was the what was his wife's name? His girlfriend's name? I don't know. I fucking can't remember. But she she's inconsequential, really. Um, she exists only in a flash. To be murdered. Yeah. 
So he murders the both of them. But I, lo- I love how Master Yoshi comes in the door. He's got the hard hat. He's got the overalls. He was clearly in construction. Yeah. He got out of the life of crime or kung fu or whatever he was doing. And he's now in construction. And he's living the American dream as an immigrant. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that stuck with me. Uh, yeah, like, uh, first of all, good for that guy. Yeah. Right? Turn his life around from being whatever kind of weird shit he was into. Yeah. But uh, also, I don't know if the plight of the Asian American immigrant in New York City in the late, eight, or whatever, this if they're teenagers, and that, back, that would be the 70s. That was in the fucking 70s. I didn't yeah, even think about that. No, yeah, that's weird. That's real weird. That's real weird that they just decided to make this former Kung Fu master a uh, construction worker in New York in the 70s. I feel like that wouldn't have flown. Not because that he isn't, uh, he could have been a great construction worker. But, I mean, like, New York in the 70s, uh, in the construction, that was mob-controlled stuff. At the time, I, I know we're seriously unpacking the backstory. <laughs> yeah. Five seconds. Oh, Roku Saki, man, come on, he's Saki. he's important. But anyway, so uh, we figure it out, uh, building up to the idea that they, Danny, April's shitty rapist boss's son, is a member of the Foot. Mm-hmm. But he then go, he escapes the Foot because he he uh, he sees Splinter held up. Uh, like being held hostage, and because they're looking for the turtles, yeah, right. Uh, and he teaches Danny that you must be a better person. And yeah. Danny's like, I'll try, but I don't have a lot of influence at home. My dad is just terrible. He's like, I know, go sleep in the sewer. <laughs> go and he's sleep like, in the sewer with my son. And he's like, that would be way better than going back with my dad. I don't know when he's gonna come for me next. <laughs> like, a lot of questionable decisions there, but that's how they find out that Splitter's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and uh, oh, there's a weird. The only uh, strange kind of whole thing is that Leonardo has a vision. Yeah, which it's the listen. We like Star Wars. The Force is a thing. Let's just go with it. Oh, yeah, so he has a vision that Splinter's alive, and then they all meditate around a fire, which and, was sad as shit. Yeah, because he's saying goodbye yeah, to them. Yeah, and Splinter's like, ah, thank God you guys finally picked up. I, I remember. <laughs> it's like he's. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been chained to this wall. <laughs> The entire time. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like Arnold for a second. <laughs> the entire time. The, the entire time. I'm in here. You idiot. I'm in here. And you have not been answering me. But he's like, I've been here the whole time. And uh, thanks for picking up finally six days later. You and they fucks. do. And he's like, yeah, sorry. I, I had a lot more to say. Back when I got taken, but now, oh my, the key to the Wi-Fi is this. Please feed Mr. Bunches the goldfish. I was just like, you turned to lean down and goes, and I don't love you, you cuck. Yeah. He's like, by the way, I've seen your search history, Leonardo. <laughs> you definitely need help. Oh my God. But You're it was supposed super... to be teenage boy. I remember being like a little kid and like getting misty eyed in that scene because like, because oh, yeah. it, it touches on like losing your parents and all that shit. And like, it was, it was heavy. And the turtles are like crying a little bit. You're like, God damn it. Like, that's that. It was yeah. good. It was a great scene for what it was trying to pull off. They're like, fuck it. We're getting them. Yeah. It's real now. Like, we're going in. We ain't saying goodbye to this All, guy. And then, and then you kick in your last most amazing 80s, 90s reference of... Yeah. Very similar Rocky Ford soundtrack yeah. where they're like, it's time to kick ass. Every, you don't have to say it. Everyone knows that music. Mm-hmm. It's like, you mean business now. Yeah. 
They get in there, and then so they start the raid on uh, the foot headquarters, mm -hmm. which seems to be in uh, right in the middle of New York City, which, like, how do you not know it's there? It's a big-ass warehouse. But I was going to say, how big is that warehouse? It's big as shit. Uh, we completely missed the most famous person who's in this movie, is in the movie for, like, 25 seconds, and that is the leader of the teenagers in the warehouse is a very young and very fucking... <laughs> You know what? He's the second wettest character in this entire movie. He's like dripping. He's dripping with angsty teenage oil. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Which Academy Award I nominee. refuse to believe it was him, but you were right. It was him. I, was, I immediately recognized it. And then uh, and I'm like, no, I, I waited until after that movie <laughs> for it to say Sam Rockwell for vindication there. Mm -hmm. But he looks wet as shit. And uh, he's in there. We see him once showing Danny the ropes on how to be a teenage hoodlum. Yeah. There's our skateboard ramps. We got arcade games because skateboarding and arcade games mean you're We got a brothel over here. But one day we're going to be made members of the foot. And then later, uh, the second time, they're like, hey, you can't do that. And he's like, he's lying to you. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah. We That's get right. it. Fuck uh, it. So fun fact about that's the scene where Casey Jones uh, kicks Tatsu in the ass. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was the beginning scene, probably right before the fight starts. There's this dude standing next to Tatsu. I'm pretty sure that's Leonardo. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Standing next to Tatsu. Yeah. Saying, this guy's going to go home with me tonight. <laughs> well, that's not what I meant, but no, sure. But maybe. There yeah. it is. And I, 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 I look at a Tatsu, terrible actor, but I could see if someone asked him, hey, uh, will you will you will you do my wife and let me watch you? He'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh, Tatsu. Uh, interesting. Okay, there's a whole other thing with this movie too. Yeah. This isn't gonna take long, but <clears throat> it's really some little context to production. So the original director for the film yeah. was fired from the movie <laughs> by the studio. Uh, I want to say late stages of filming or like after the, the principal photography had been completed because they were worried that he was gonna edit the film to, to make it very graphic, not graphic, but very dark and not kid-friendly. Okay. Uh, because, I mean, the movie itself... It's shot it's, grim. It's got a feel to it as not, like, super happy kid. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 got jokes, and it's it's very got a lot of levity, but there's, you know, the, the turtles swear a little bit, you know, there's... You know, there's more aggression, mm -hmm. you know, the, the beatdown Raphael gets, like, so... <clears throat> There is a scene where uh, Tatsu comes in and beats the shit out of that one guy. And, the, and they're like, hey, you know, you gotta stop yeah. us, Tatsu. And then he just like literally kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, he just keeps going. In the original cut, he wasn't breathing. But they edited in breathing and edited the, they, they edited in the, the, the dialogue of, oh, oh, he'll be okay, he'll be all right. Tatsu killed that fucking kid. Oh, so he beats him to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Beats the kid to death. That's hard. Yeah. And then Casey Jones, Joe Rogan's all kicks over. Him in the kicks him in the balls. Try horse medication and then nails him. Oh, my yeah. God. So, yeah, so this all ends up to a big climactic fight where the, the turtles fight Shredder on the roof. Mm -hmm. And Shredder fucking wipes the floor with these four 15-year-olds. Yeah. Well, like, he, just yeah. annihilates them. No matter what they do, it's like when you go to a, a boss in a video game and you know that the whole story is you're not supposed to survive this boss. You're supposed to just run. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what they should have done. They did not land us. Nothing good. Shredder just owned him. He could have done that all night. The only reason they lived past 10 seconds is because Shredder was amused. And he just starts messing them up. Yeah. 
And he gets ready to murder them. <clears throat> he's 100% going to kill them all. And he's like, yeah, all right, I'm done with this. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Ah, got to go back to our life of crime. Uh, I'm going to go check out that guy's van, though. It looks pretty <laughs> sweet. And then Splinter shows up. The fucking rat. Wetter than fucking ever. <laughs> he probably smells terrible. And then he tells Shredder, he's like, oh, yo, I know you. Yeah. And that fucking scar you got on your face. And that triggers the shit out of him. Uh, Shredder loses his shit and forgets himself because at that moment he's like, now, keep in mind, you're Shredder. Let's just break it down from <laughs> Shredder's perspective here yeah. for a second. <clears throat> you are, dedicate your life to ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. You're in Japan. Mm-hmm. And you have a rival. <laughs> Constantly, maybe you're an underworld shit there. And you see a beautiful girl. And one day... After thinking things are going well in your own mind, she leaves and runs away with this other guy. Shin. Shin. There she is. Shin and Yoshi run away to the United States. You could have given her the world, but she has a regular life to be a construction worker in mid-70s New York with this dude. Mm -hmm. So he snaps. And then he goes to New York and murders them. In the process of murdering them, he's mauled by the pet rat. which Fucking went to town on It should tell you the character of that dude that he kept a pet rat. That he took across uh, the world with him. Yeah. It's weird shit. And then he starts a life of crime in New York. Haunted by the scars. So he wears a faceplate over, practicing his ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. Until one day, his empire, ready to take over the whole city, is stopped by four giant turtles <laughs> and yeah. a humongous fucking rat. Yeah. And then the rat starts talking to him and says, hey... I'm the one who fucked up your face. This is all on brand for Splinter, for Shredder's life at this point. But no doubt he's like, oh, now I like now you're not little. Now I can fight, and he just charges him. Yep. It was unnecessarily complicated to get to there for Shredder, but it feel like okay, this all makes sense. This checks out. This part of the movie checks. And Splinter out. sidesteps his bitch ass so so well. <laughs> he takes one of the nunchucks, which really, when you think about the weapons that are used in the turtles, the nunchucks are kind of the most useless, mm-hmm. right? But Splinter makes it work, and uh, and Beal tosses that motherfucker mm-hmm. right off the roof. And he has the most just, like, legit baller fucking say, thing to say to Shredder before he fucking lets him go. <laughs> like, talking about, like, you know, you know, some people die, man. They die with honor. But you, motherfucker, you ain't dying with any honor. No, you would die without honor. And he fucking drops him in a fucking, like, trash compactor. Trash? A, a, a garbage, garbage can. Truck. And then Casey Jones. Whoops. Whoops. And then murder Shredder. 100% casually just tries to murder that dude. Yeah. He just does it in front of a bunch of people. And then everyone's like, "Ah, oh, cool, all right. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of weird, uh, giant-sized things and murders happening mm-hmm. here. Um, and so, yeah, so the day has been saved by a wet-ass rat and four giant <laughs> turtles, four giant turtles. And, a, and a Joe Rogan van guy. Uh, in which case, uh, then we get to the point where April's boss has become super shitty mm-hmm. again. And he's like, oh, my, my son! You know, this has been taking place for four days, and surely I would have looked harder for you. But he does, does he show up with cops looking for his son? No. No, he shows up with news mm-hmm. people because he just didn't even know his son was there because he just went to work. He thought his son was he, still at home. He found another employee that he had in Fired's apartment to start burging, busting into and complaining about their life. Um, and then he offers April the world. And then April goes over to get ready to go on camera. And, and then, you know what? Casey Jones decides he's going to shoot his last shot. Yep. This is his chance. He's like, you know, I just kicked him. You know, he, uh, and then this is the last <laughs> reference of homophobia. He says, I look like I just called Mike Tyson a sissy. Yep. Yeah. Which is like, okay. 
like, well, you know, if you know, I feel like even Mike Tyson today would be like react way less worse than Mike Tyson in 1989 would well, react to it, you know. Yeah. But uh, and but she apparently that joke that was it for her. That was the thing. Oh, all you had to do was be homophobic about Mike Tyson, and it's all good. Get all up in this, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have the end. You know, the turtles are celebrating, and 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 to a uh, little inside to my life. Uh, that scene, the last scene, I remember uh, when I went and saw the turtles. Yeah, my dad and I went and saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then my mom, I think, you know, you, when you're a little kid, you like you want to like show everybody all the cool shit you think is really cool, and they don't give a fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what parents that's, are for. It's still, still me today. Yeah, uh, but I remember watching the movie with my mom. Yeah, I got it on VHS uh, at some point, mm-hmm. uh, and I was super excited to watch it with her, and. My mom, I was just saying this to my wife the other day, like, my mom, who's no longer with us, mom had a, 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 a I wouldn't say amazing, because she had a wonderful sense of humor. My mom was yeah. super fucking funny. Uh, and not just because she was my mom. She was just a really funny person. Part of my sense of humor is from her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you ever, for some reason, the scene where Splinter says, you know, I've always liked Cowabunga. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, Cowabunga. And he just starts, he just cracks himself up. He says, I made a funny. I made the funny. <laughs> that shit did it for my mom. Yeah, she's, like, she's in fucking tears with it. <laughs> I don't know why. And, and then every time I'd watch that movie, she'd always pop in right at the end. Because she really wanted to hear, to hear that, that one scene. I don't know if it was just because the rat was cute to her or something. And then he's just like, I made a funny. And I just, ever, ever since a kid growing up, that's like awesome. that scene, I just, I love that scene. That's awesome. Uh, that's the one line in the movie that I've quoted the most is that I made the funny. I made a funny. I for like years that was my bio status on like uh, on like Facebook or something it was like about me. It's like I make a funny. Sometimes I make funny. And the right? best yeah. part is he didn't make a funny. No, there was no joke. He just there. made a reference to the thing they. they he made, made a, a suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> I made the suggestion. I made a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Th- so lasting impressions for you. You know this movie. Yeah. You know, is this a movie that you're going to let your daughter watch one day? And, she, like, really sit down and really watch yeah, it? Yeah, more than what we've already watched it together. <laughs> she, she, uh, yeah, she, she likes to fall asleep through strange things and stay awake through other strange things. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I, um, I don't see a problem. Actually, as I'm thinking about it, I don't know. You know, that's a good question. There might be too much casual racism and homophobia for me to be like or misogyny hmm. for me because i don't want her to think that that's how things work but it might if you put her into that realm where she understands the whole movie and is interested to watch it but doesn't understand all the subtext the way that we do then she might be able to enjoy it casually um so if she asked me dad can i watch this yeah i'd say yes and if I actively seek to put it on, I probably will try to one day. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> it's still, it's it's a super nostalgic. Because it's different. Because when I think about movies previous to that, I would say the only other movie that I would have a nostalgic feeling for like that would probably be Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2, right? Mm-hmm. But um, those are those are movies I view not as kids' movies. No, even they're, as not, well, they're not kids' no, movies. No, I watch Ghostbusters 2. I, I watch it through the lens of me today, not what I used to see it as a kid. Uh, I can't. I couldn't do that with turtles. And so, that, for that being said, I I have a very positive. Even rewatching it with all the problems we pointed out tonight, it's still a positive experience. It's still a, it's still a good. How movie. about you? Uh, lasting impression. Uh, so there's like the top 
you know, 10 favorite kids movies or whatever that I grew up with. And then like everything else, adult top 10, whatever. Yeah. Ninja Turtles is in my top three. It'll always be in my top three growing yeah. up. Like that, I know that movie almost backwards and forwards. I know so much of the dialogue. The soundtrack was excellent. The animatronics, the, again, the, the, the practical effects were great for the time. We're talking 1990, you know. Yeah, oh, it was excellent. Uh, yeah, and, and there's some problematic stuff there here and there, which we covered, and that stuff is real. But I can 1,000% overlook all that because of the emotional connection mm-hmm. I have with that property. With the for sure. Cr- with the, those, just those four, those four characters. And uh, by... My other favorite Ninja Turtle, Metalhead. Ah, I, like, we never got Metalhead in the movie. No, we didn't, well, fuck, we didn't get Bebop and Rocksteady, which we should have got. We got in a weird sort of halfway. And yeah. fun fact, uh, I which I didn't really. I mean, I guess I knew, but I didn't know. The movie was kind of like how Masters of the Universe was kind of modeled after the toy line, not the cartoon. Yeah. The Ninja Turtles movie was modeled after the comic book line and not the cartoon. Ah. Um, which I think benef- it was a good benefit. It's be- it's a better- yeah. It gave it more of an identity. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I, for me, that movie is always going to stand the test of time. I feel like, you know, 30 years later, it's still excellent. It's still fun. It's still super fun. Uh, would you indulge me in a future episode so we could watch... Secret of the Use. Sure, I don't think it's nearly as good, but I'll watch no, it. No, it's a different, completely different vibe. It's a very, it's I more think, commercial. I, I think the first movie is inherently a Turtles movie, mm-hmm. which is just trying to be a Turtles. I think Secret of the Use is maybe the most 1991 or two movie ever. Like it is just, it's just chock full of being a product of its time. So we definitely Kino, who's the kind of one of the main characters in the se- sequel. Oh, Kino, uh, yeah, uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie, Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually plays foot Donatello. Oh, he takes over for one of the uh, like the actual martial art stand-ins. Okay, I think Donatello or Michelangelo. I can't remember which one in the first movie. Yeah, I saw him in the credits. Yeah, when we were watching it, and I know. Yeah, he's one of. The it was main, like an injury or something, so he took over. He's one of the main characters in that one, and then uh, uh, and Secret of the Use. Uh, and then, of course, who could forget the amazing film he was in with Rob Schneider and Leslie Nielsen called Surf Ninjas. I can 90s. forget that. Yes. I mean, I, I saw that in the theater. I didn't. Uh, do you want to know what a, a, a Ernie Reyes role I know you've seen that I want to just drop here? I'm waiting. Do you remember the movie The Rundown with The Rock? Did where, I actually where, see the whole thing? Where he and I pro- I'm and, sure I did. And, and, and uh, there's a scene in the movie where he and Sean William Scott, he's trying to escort him through the desert, right? Uh-huh. And they get they get attacked by gorillas. And they're not like animal gorillas, but the gorilla fighters. Yeah. In the desert. And there's this one that just keeps whooping on the rock's ass. That's Ernie Reyes Jr. Okay. I didn't know that. What shaved his head. He looks almost like Rey Mysterio that's the entire wild. time. But there you go. That's, that's cool. That's, that's, that's cool. Kino. That's Kino. All grown up whooping on the rock. <laughs> but I like to do that. Uh, so two yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, of note. Uh, I'm, I'm going to drop... The very special announcement we're going to make about next week's episode. Um, being is that next week is as close as we can get right now to Halloween mm-hmm. uh, without having an actual a show on Halloween. We decided what's up in the schedule, this rotation? Pro wrestling. Yeah. And there ain't nothing more pro wrestling in Halloween than WCW Halloween Havoc. Oh, yeah. 
we're going to do what has to be the most infamous of the Halloween Havocs. We have done a singular wrestling event, folks. And then we talked about, in, uh, as far as one moment in wrestling, and it took us forever <laughs> to talk about leading up to what really was 25 minutes yeah. long. It took us four hours. Then we managed to do it, the entire concept of the first couple pay-per-views in about an hour. So what we're going to do now is we're going to actually do our first review of a pro wrestling show. We'll give you context. We're going to watch it. We're going to take notes. And we're going to watch this thing from start to finish. Yeah. Will you remind everybody what the main event of Halloween Havoc 1995 is? Oh, uh, goodness. I want to say it's Hulk Hogan versus somebody. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus the Yeti. No, it's no. Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. The Giant. But the Yeti's involved somewhere. The, the Yeti shows up at the end of the match for That's some strange reason. It gets real weird. There's a lot of dry humping. It is weird. Monster trucks. It is so 1995 WCW. I'm ready for it. We're going to do that. I'm really excited to watch the pay-per-view and uh, take a lot of notes. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting thing. We'll, uh, we'll get there as we get closer for next week. But last thing before <laughs> we go is that by the time this episode has aired, Doc, I just want to say happy belated birthday to you. Ha! Uh, yeah. Another go around on the sun. Did you yeah. think last year at this time that you would uh, be doing a podcast? No. Uh, not not even kind of. If you'd have told me that a year ago, I'd have been like, sure, okay. Well, you know what? Here's to many more yeah. to you, my friend. For well, sure. Uh, we, maybe we could do a, a roast of Doc <laughs> sometime. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, as an episode. Who knows? We'll see. It'll be it'll be terrible content. Mm-hmm. But we will have fun with it anyway. And we hope you've had fun with us yeah, today. Thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, I had a blast talking about this. Uh, and you know what? We kept it pretty short this time. Uh, you know, this is not going to be a two-parter episode in which we babble. I don't even know how we did that with Masters in the Universe. Because there's a... There's a lot to talk so about. Much. There's, There's so, so much. much to just bullshit with this move, that movie. I just can't believe somebody had the fucking balls to do what they did all over that movie. And they kept doing it. And nobody stopped them. Nobody stopped anybody. Like an nobody stopped Franklin Jella. Nobody stopped uh, the little guy from Willow. The little person from Willow. I did it again. <laughs> Nobody stopped anybody. Oh man, no one, no one's gonna stop Dolph Lundgren. No, nobody's gonna stop Dolph Lundgren. You know, you know who might stop Dolph Lundgren? April Stallone. April's boss. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, he would let himself forcefully in the Dolph's apartment, <laughs> and then with his son, and then let out about stuff. But hey, thanks for watching. Uh, you know, we're gonna let you know if you even remotely enjoy this podcast. Let me just say, if you don't absolutely hate this podcast then tell somebody about it you'll find us on facebook check us out on facebook it's nothing good we're at nothing good podcast nothing good podcast on insta oh, excuse me on instagram hello <laughs> yeah yeah that's all the all the the casual racism is welling with bubbling me. up it's just getting me oh it's brutal i feel so bad it's just it's like that's why everyone was drinking mylox by the case in the 80s <laughs> they're just suppressing that shit uh but anyway, yeah, we could check us out YouTube. Uh, full episodes are available there. You can find us where our podcasts are at. Yep, so Instagram. It, yeah, are you? So we're getting so close to um, it's getting wrapping up the year here, and yeah. ever closer to episode twenty, and mm. and then onward. Wow. Yeah, yeah. When say that out loud. That's it's crazy. Strange. It's very strange. But um, anything else you want to add about the terms? Lasting impression. All right, we've talked this last thing. Give me a one-word answer. All right. 
Uh, we've said that Raphael was and is your favorite turtle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who is your least favorite turtle, and why is it Leonardo? <laughs> uh, actually, my least favorite turtle is uh, Donatello. Um, you shut your mouth. Donatello is the perfect wingman. You know what I mean? Uh, potentially. He ain't. It's not even just his attitude. My man is walking into rooms with a big stick, right? Yeah. He ain't, he's not going to run anyone through with that stick. He might knock somebody out with it, but yeah. he's the setup guy. He's the Scotty Pippen to everybody else's Jordan, except Michelangelo, who's Dennis Rodman. Okay, <laughs> he's got to be Dennis Rodman. Yeah, and he, he he just he just setting up the alley open, letting Raphael and, and watch that movie back. He just pokes someone in the stomach with that thing and knocks him into someone who high kicks him off. And I'm just saying, I don't. Okay, I love all the Ninja Turtles. So by yeah. saying my least favorite, it's not like I dislike Donatello. Okay, but he's my least favorite, and he's my least favorite because he's too passive for me. All right, I I, I like. Yeah, I see that. He's just. Eh. I mean, we're and we're talking not just in the movie, in the context of the movie, but just across the entire Turtles universe. Donatello is just. Eh, he's cool. He's cool. I'd kill. I I I I I kick it with him. I I I. You don't get that inventing thing that you do at a TV show in the movie, either. Not until the sequel. Yeah. Because the sequel I maintain is way more based off a cartoon. Yeah. Like way more. Yeah, more zany. Last question. We'll end it on this. What about you? Oh, Leonardo. Okay. It's mostly because I guess I kind of figured that. I feel like in some alternate universe, I absolutely fucked Leonardo's wife. (laughs) And he absolutely cried. And then you could tell, like, he thought it would be a good idea. And then when in the middle of the act, he really regretted it. But it was too, it had gone too far. And it was the fact that I didn't stop making eye contact with him the entire time until I made him take me to to King's and buy me food after. King's. That's what it really set in. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, get that burger with an egg on it. You know, that's good good protein to put back in your body. After all that work. After a lot of work, a lot of electrolytes you burn off. But it would be Leo. But here's the last question. Yeah. And uh, and feel free to not email us and ask and tell us your response to this. So not turtles. We go. Uh, so the turtles' main four weapons: nunchucks, the size, the staff, and the katanas. Mm-hmm. What would if you pick one up? The katanas. You'd go to the double katanas. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're t- totally badass. I just feel like the person who was using them previously didn't show us what to do. <laughs> no. Did he run through one single person? No. Then why do you have two swords? Because he's the leader, and he has to have something. And you think he couldn't cut people's heads off in the movie. <laughs> Bear with me on this visualization for a second. Okay. Close, close your eyes. Sure. So people are doing some crimes. They're robbing a bank. All of a sudden, the door kicks in. Here comes Michelangelo on a skateboard swinging his nunchucks. <laughs> okay. Here comes Donatello. Flips over his staff. Looking impressive. Mm-hmm. Here comes Raphael, size in his hand, looking like he's got an attitude problem. And all of a sudden, okay. here comes Leonardo with a whip and a ball gag. Oh my God. He's like, Psh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you're Listen. Like, he's, a leader. he's a leader and he needs a weapon. He's just cracking the whip. If you, are, if you identify with Leonardo, if that's your favorite turtle, listen. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Psychology today, Doctor. <laughs> There's somebody who can talk to you, help you out. They will help you get through this. And eventually you can at least move up to Donatello. 
All right. Well, on that note, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Halloween Havoc yes, 1995 absolutely. and so many more episodes as we get going on you know video games music possible other stuff yeah absolutely. more guests it's gonna be super fun and we'll keep keep an eye on our social media to find out any other information I will be posting uh, that photo that nightmare fuel <laughs> for you to see but until then any last notes Nah, just everybody stay safe out there Have uh, take care of yourselves be good to each other that sort of thing the usual song and dance yeah, fantastic yeah. And, uh, and hey, thank you so much for listening, most of you. But the rest of you, the 99.999998% of you, you know what you did. We all do. Fuck you. All right. Good night, folks. Peace. <laughs>